Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Good morning, Steve. Sarmento. Good morning. It's bright and sunny outside. Look at that. The sun is coming in. You're showing off. Look, it's so dark. My lights haven't even turned on yet. They're so they're still You're in the red. deep, dark hours of the wee, yeah. wee morning. Wee small hours of the morning, Steve. In the it's always small hours. You're in the darkness before the dawn. Because the sun comes up at what, about 9.30 and sets around 2.30? Yep, something like that. Right. You've got a good four hours, five hours of sunlight up there. Yep. Yep, right before the rains come, <laughs> the darkness sets in again and evil washes over the land. So you, you're basically in the forests of Mordor, is what you're saying. It's dark and gloomy and dank. Okay. Uh, all the dead people float to the surface of the river. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but we could, some of us just call it home. So, how's your week? <laughs> It's been it's been busy. I don't think I've gotten around to watch anything since last. I did I did I didn't finish it because I started kind of late. I did start watching uh, because we talked about James Dean, and one of his films is on the Hulu. You know, good old classic James Dean, Sal Mineo, right. uh, 
Natalie Wood uh, watching that. And uh, with with the family, uh, sort of, I don't know, we were doing chores around the house. I don't know, folding laundry, I think it was a folding laundry watching Rumble Without a Cause. And uh, my daughter just thought the movie was a little odd, particularly when you've got the shenanigans at the uh, planetarium and one of the kids... <laughs> to, I don't know, the, the guards, you know, break up the, the knife fight that's going on. And one of the kids pulls his comb out of his pocket, puts it up against his nose and starts, you know, doing Hitler salutes in German accent. And my daughter just looked at me and said, what? what? I said, well, that was the 50s, you know, it was OK to make fun of Hitler at that time because everybody knew he was a bad guy. Wow. Then. Wow. We've come so far. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So, so you're saying it doesn't hold up that well? Well, I think it's fine. She just, it's a whole different world, you know, What yeah. is really different. Because you look at these these kids going to high school. I mean, they're like, the girls are in dresses. The guys are in like sport coats. And that's high school, you know, at just different, different world yeah. altogether. So, yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess my question for you then is after having watched it, do you think it's going to be worth having uh, a re- Suscitating, <laughs> oh, <laughs> reincarnating a digital James. You know team. where I stand. No, yeah. no, no. Well, no. then you're going to really love the fact that the team that helped resurrect James Dean with visual effects for an upcoming Vietnam War movie isn't done creating digital versions of famous actors. Andy posted this last week, right after the show. Yes, uh, Worldwide XR holds and represents the rights for more than. <gasps> 400 celebrities, athletes, and sports, entire sports teams, Steve. In addition, did you wait till they see the World Series next year? (laughs) Uh, It'll also be able to create and bring back stars like Betty Page, Burt Reynolds, and I know this one is high on your list, Andre the Giant. Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig's coming back. And Maya Angelou. We're going to have some some AI digital representation of some new poetry. So we can so we can great. finally get I that can't. Fast and the Furious smoking the bandit crossover. Uh-huh. That we've always <laughs> wanted. If I want that Trans Am against the rock in a Lamborghini Huracan. No. And I want them just I want them careening through buildings in Dubai again. I would do that. But it's gotta be Burt Reynolds for reals. Wow. To country music. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. basically Hollywood is we're blurring the line with now video games, basically. Yeah. We can just digitize stuff, put it in there, and and do what we want with it. Uh, yeah. But it's not... Actors, sports, poets, you will never die. You know? But is it cinema, Pete? Is it cinema? <laughs> it's so cinema. Can I just say, uh, if, you, if you haven't seen it yet, go over to the uh, nextreel.com slash merch and pick up our cinema t-shirt. <laughs> this is our, our, two, our, we call it the... O tour theory uh, T-shirt, and it's got uh, representations of our favorite directors. And I say, I sub, I say that sort of representations is going to be in quote. Yeah, if you are a Cronenberg fan or a Spielberg fan or just your love cinema. <laughs> Represent your favorite O tour theory directors. Version one, version one, because there are going to be more. I'm sure is <laughs> available now. Just in time for Christmas. <laughs> Perfect. You can also get a sticker. Oh. You can put stickers on stuff oh, right. and mugs. You can get a mug or a hoodie if you're a hoodie guy <laughs> or gal. Yeah, I get uh, the- whatever you choose. <laughs> it's the Taran- merch. Tarantinti. It's if you yeah, if you don't know how to refer to Tarantino and his Otier theory name, it's Tarantinti. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I ordered mine. It's on the way. I know others have. I've seen orders oh come in. My. That's been really fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. so there's that. Tarantinti is uh, on the rack. We also have, uh, can I just say, I was, in terms of our streaming update for the week, I was bearish on the first episode of Mandalorian. 42 minutes. It was, I don't it, it, it was a little bit jarring because it felt like uh, it felt like a cartoon. You haven't watched it yet, right? You haven't signed in. All right. It nope. felt like the nope. cartoon nope. version of Star Wars, but with real people. Like they set up this incredibly <laughs> beautiful, lush, um, y- you know, uh, atmosphere. Right? This desert. They, I just love how they're using the camera. I just 
I felt like it was really fun. There was, I think there was the right amount of fan service. Um, it's set five years after Return of the Jedi. Uh, the effects looked looked good. The creature effects looked good. Uh, I think the Mandalorians are, are going to be a really interesting character to follow. And then the aliens, like the aliens, there's they have all the makeup on. But they don't speak with any sort of alien language, right? So okay. there's a guy with the blue fins and face, yeah. and he just talks like this. He says, oh, I've really got to go to the bathroom, <laughs> right? It, it, he says stuff like, like, it's just like that. And it, it feels too much like Star Trek. Okay. Like a TOS Star Trek to me, and it was it was a jarring way to start the the show. Well, that's a that's that's a respectable middle ground so. because you, you on one end you have a new hope, you know, back in the seventies, the cantina scene where it's just all kinds of animalistic it, sounds, was, which was great. I recognize that's what I was going into. Uh, that's what I was, like, yeah. that's what I well, least, kind of expected. At least they didn't go Phantom Menace. Let's just have insulting stereotype. <laughs> accents on these characters so right. we we right. moderated went with the middle ground which is the so they didn't explain universal translator or anything it's just everybody speaks with a the same the same dialect well no yeah. in fact the very first um person that we meet in this bar does not speak Oh, English, okay. like okay. it's not English, it's right. a, but it's a human person. It doesn't have that's what's so weird about it. Like you got this guy who looks like a wrestler, and he's beating up this guy who's an alien fish person, and the wrestler speaks cha cha oh, okay. and it's subtitled. <laughs> okay, you spilled my drink, Bucci Pucci, and then the alien fish guy says. Well, I've got credits. And it's like Woody Allen in a suit. Like he's <laughs> it's he's like from the Bronx. <laughs> All right. Well. So it's, it was jarring. But I have to I just have to say, because I was I was bearish on it. I think the, I think there were people in Discord who liked it more than I did. I didn't read any raving fans of it. Maybe I I missed something, but I think there were people who who liked it, genuinely liked it. I was the bearish one. Then I watched episode 2 yesterday. First of all, it's shorter. It's only 32 minutes. I thought this was going to be an hour series, but it sounds like they're really uh I, I think it's going to settle in on that half hour mark. I don't know. I don't know for nothing. I mean, maybe every episode's going to be a completely different length and they don't care about it. That'd be fun. Um but they hooked me on episode 2. They I'm ashamed to say I'm bought in and ask me why. Go ahead. <laughs> Pete, why? What what yeah. did they do that just hooked you in and and made you a super fan? What did they do? Baby Yoda. Five years after Return of the Jedi, we have baby well, Yoda. Well, it's not it's not Yoda. It's oh, a okay. baby, it's a baby Yoda creature <laughs> in a crib that floats around next to the Mandalorian. And Steve, it's so adorable. I was like clutching my heart. <laughs> I was clutching it. Every time it was on screen, it's little it's little face. <laughs> so I, mean, I would <laughs> It's like, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to be thinking about this baby Yoda creature. Where could I get one? I need to be a part of this. It was so good. The, what, what was beautiful about it, the entire first uh, first like 12 minutes of the episode, not a word is spoken. And that kind of gives you a sense of the okay. the the uh, tone that I, I think they're, they're setting here, that the Mandalorian is a stoic character trying to go about his business of, of um, you know, collecting bounty and and doing all that. And they introduce this baby Yoda as his, that's his anchor, right? That's this thing that he has to drag around and, and <laughs> deliver safely. Okay. Uh, it's, his, it's the package. And it is, uh, that gets us into just a little bit of news uh, this week, which uh, is <laughs> around <laughs> Werner Herzog. Uh, so the, apparently with this, uh, this particular uh, character, they they didn't know if it was going to work practically. They had the the animatronic like puppet baby Yoda, and they thought, okay, well, we're gonna shoot it. Every scene that we're gonna shoot, we're gonna shoot it with um, the the robe, the animatronic puppet baby. But what if it doesn't work? Like, what if it's what if it's you know it's jokey on screen what if nobody really attaches to it so favreau 
says, you know, we we just wanted to have a backup. So we shot like plates without the the baby Yoda in it so that we could do a CG character after the fact if the if the practical one didn't work. And Herzog films a scene with the puppet and then filmmakers said, okay, take the take the puppet out. We're gonna do it again. <laughs> and Herzog says, What are what are you doing? I can't do Herzog. I'll keep trying. Uh, and they said they explained to him what he's doing. He says, you are cowards. <laughs> leave it. Leave it. You're cowards. <laughs> and yes. so, in fact, they did end up going with the with the, the animatronic puppet, Baby yeah. Yoda. And it works so well. There are some scenes where it's very clearly a CG. It's we like stands up and walks around and then eats a frog and it's awesome. And I want it even more. Uh, okay. So baby Yoda for the win. Totally worth it. Uh but if you're hedging on Disney Plus, you should still wait until the first season is totally run and then binge it. Get your seven days and binge it and see what you think. So I haven't watched anything else on Disney Plus. My seven day trial is uh over next i don't know when did i sign up tuesday wednesday yeah and so i'm not i'm still not completely sure that i'm going to keep it i might like cancel it and come back when the rest of the series is dropped so so what i'm hearing is between apple plus and disney plus yeah not you know not must uh, okay see, not must see tv that i've i've heard from from anybody now i know there's a lot of nostalgia factor for like the millennial crowd a lot of the disney channel shows that are on disney plus and i've seen that a lot of them are sort of revisiting you know their youth you yeah. know and, yep. and that back catalog but you know so that's that's nothing new that's compelling me to subscribe to that and and even with apple plus i've i've yet to hear like oh my gosh this is the next must see thing that everyone's talking about so for me I'm still sort of just going to sit back and wait to see how things pan out on on both of these as far as when to when it'll be worth it to to jump into everything. Well, I have really been enjoying the morning show and I'm I'm through I'm caught up on that. They've got 5 episodes out now and they they have consistently gotten better. I think those first 3 episodes were the growing pains episodes and uh episodes 4 and, and particularly episode 5 um are you know I just think really great and super fun and political and I love newsroom stories. And so I, I think it's really great. And, and, uh, you know, it's so episode five is worlds better than episode one. I think that was the challenge. The critical response was based on the first three episodes, which were, you know, the first two in particular were a little rocky and, uh, you know, it's, it's it just takes yeah. a little bit to, to feel like you're a part of the world. And, uh, I really, uh, once you get it and settle in, like I'm looking forward to every every Thursday night, uh, late Thursday night, it drops and it's, you know, it's my lunch hour show the next okay. day. All right. That's my Friday noon show. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand understand the in a series that it's got to find its footing, the characters, you know, the actors. But then I think of like, you know, the newsroom didn't take me a couple episodes to get into that. That that had me within the first minute or two yeah. and yeah, so totally you know i i mean newsroom studio 60 yeah i mean those are the, i mean the that's yeah sorkin shows right, right? yeah mean, but two. then even you know i think you mentioned chernobyl i mean there are i know in the old sort of tv you know network tv model it's there's there's deadlines driving things and for me i see it as with you know now these streaming services they have the opportunity there's no no like oh it's you know fall premiere week we've got to have these pilots ready to go and these shows ready to go they can hold off until it's ready and so i i i know there's more stuff coming from apple plus and so we'll we'll see you know whether those shows you know i'm i'm waiting for the thing that's coming out of the gate solid that's the next the next thing and i'm mm -hmm. you know cautiously optimistic that it's going to show up somewhere but i i just haven't seen it yet so i'm going to keep my money in my pocket till till I, right. I you know till it's out there well and and to be fair i have yet to spend any money well that feels yeah good. that's true yes. that feels good yes. right they're doing the right thing by giving <laughs> us the lots of an extensive <laughs> yes. freebie yes uh and so that's fun um you want to talk about nicholas cage what the <laughs> yes i do this guy yes i do because it's it's brilliant it's you know yeah. it, it this isn't the first time something like this has come up where an actor is cast 
in a movie playing sort of a version of themselves. And there is the the whole, um, I think it was Amazon did it with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Which, yeah, JCVD, that was so good. Yeah, so that's... It, it was my, it was a pick that I did a pick with the, the fourth wall thing. Yes. That was JCVD. But this is... Uh, <laughs> Nicholas Cage is just Nicholas Cage. And so he's the fact the the twist about this that I find really intriguing about casting Nicholas Cage as himself. Um, and this is uh, a Hollywood reporter. Uh, he's playing himself. And so Nicholas Cage is desperate to get a role in a new Tarantino movie while also dealing with a strained relationship with his teenage daughter. He also occasionally talks to an egotistical 1990s version of himself who rides him for making too many crappy movies and for not being a star anymore. <laughs> that's that's the meta part that I, I will be there for. That's <laughs> Well, the the current title, working title of the project, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yes. What? <laughs> oh yeah. That's <laughs> Oh dear. But it's it's perfect. It's it's the perfect point in his career. He was that was your trailer pick from last week, wasn't it? That uh that weird HP Lovecraft horror thing, right? Was that yeah. yeah. So right. yeah. That's he's uh, So this is <laughs> this, this is the next what thing. We're, this is the follow-up. Yeah. That's where, <laughs> that's where his career trajectory goes. And I, I don't yeah. know where it got derailed. That's what I always find fascinating. These these actors that'll be on a, a streak and then suddenly you realize where have they gone? What happened? What was yeah. what was that film that or what life event happened that just like why is he not castable anymore? He, I mean, he did. He was great in the Spider Verse. You know, I mean, that was yes, you know that totally, which is really interesting because the uh, it, you know that that obviously is the most recent thing he's done. The the last thing, and I had to kind of be reminded of this, but in the Variety or the Hollywood Reporter article in the show notes, it, it says the last major studio release that he did was Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance in 2011, the Marvel thing. Which, for my money, wasn't bad. Okay. Like, I, it was, the first one was was a little rocky. But, it, you know, it was a Scott Gimple and Seth Hoffman screenplay uh, directed by Mark uh, Neveldine. Okay. And Brian Taylor. And um, I I just, I actually, I, I remember liking that one more than the, than the first one. That may be. A controversial, okay. controversial position, <laughs> but I was also a big fan of Crank. <laughs> well, yeah, it's yeah because it's Crank. It's yeah, yeah, right. Ugh. So anyhow, um, so it, I'm I'm right with you. Like where where did he go? And uh, and and uh, I'd love to love to catch up. And the pictures they use. If he's this <laughs> Nicholas Cage, like with the hat, the hat and the beard, I'm and... <laughs> really there for that. Nicholas Cage and a beard. That's a that's that's a beard. As a guy with a beard, I feel like I need to say that's a beard. <laughs> that's your aspirational beard there. That he's <laughs> no. I'm happy with mine. Okay. He can he can have his. <laughs> it's good that there are different beards in the world. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see what else we got. Any other news we're talking There's about? So I mean, I, I don't know. Do we do we talk about the ongoing, uh, ongoing, and ongoing? You know, Martin Scorsese. Scor oh God, Scorsese watch. <laughs> it is. We're in Scorsese watch because now it's Scorsese Oscar watch of like, is this whole thing gonna jeopardize? You know. Oscar nominations because of the academy academy membership maybe starting to you know getting you're picking up some some younger you know younger members now that have you know had years with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and is this going to rile them up or are they going to is there going to be pushback against this I don't know and again Scorsese versus the millennials yeah that's what we're talking about you know inter cinema versus the millennials it's it's a it's a movie theater meme off. Uh, the entire the entire premise is uh, that it's the people like Academy voters yeah. of this generation are the Academy voters that made Black Panther what it was. Right. And it's those who, voters who are going to be sitting down and deciding whether or not to vote for the Irishman. Right. The, uh, my, and I can, he has created his own. He's played himself. Yes. Is what's happening. So here. what I can imagine is it gets nominated. 
He wins. He goes up to give a speech, and there's a whole flood of OK Boomer signs that just flash up. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's that's the one. That's if oh, we need a new shirt. Oh, Steve. OK, Cinema. <laughs> yes, coming very soon. OK, very soon to a TNR merch store near you. But I, I'm still just disappointed. It's not, you know. It's, I just got a notice from my Netflix app that said, oh, hey, this is going to be available on November 27th. I'm like, that's great, Marty. I want to see it on the screen like you wanted it to be. You know, he is yeah. a director that, you know, makes things for the screen. I mean, he's about the celebration and preservation of, you know, film as art. And I know putting it on my phone is not the ideal format that, you know, he was envisioning me watching right. this movie. So I'm, I am getting out to the theater to see Ford versus Ferrari later today. So I'm looking forward to that one, but you know, my preference would be to see, you know, cause I, I want to say I haven't seen a lot of Scorsese in the theater and I'd have to go back and, and look at his filmography to identify which ones I I remember. I, I know I saw Goodfella and Goodfellas in Casino. There's a, there's a bunch you know that I that I didn't uh, Age of Innocence, but this is one that I've been really looking forward to, and it's you know slightly frustrating that it's not not available in my local Cineplex. Yeah, it is. It is frustrating. I'm with you on Ford versus Ferrari. Actually, that's one I'm looking forward to more. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna try and get out to. I'm, it's it's birthday week coming up, Steve. I don't it's know coming, if you, yeah. It's right around the corner. If you have that on your calendar, yeah. it, it is the annual celebration of Pete going to movies all day, and so uh, that's uh, high on my list. If I can, you know, I don't, I don't think I'll be able to f- find it. The Irishman. So, yeah, uh, probably waiting for Netflix. Yeah, Netflix, which is on the chopping block around here. Oh, because nobody's of, watching enough. What Netflix? Yeah, what, what, we just yeah. we just finished um, Rhythm and Flow, that whole series, and it was the first episode. I thought, ah, is this going to be my thing? It it won us over, and we I awesome. think we finished the last three episodes. And it's a challenge to do uh, a show like that on Netflix because unlike you know The Voice or. Um, Mass singer, you know, where you're left waiting with everybody to find out who, you know, who the winner is and yeah. all, who's been eliminated. Netflix, somebody binged it day one. So it's already out there. So you got to be cautious because it. it's, yeah. it's now, you know, somebody may not discover it, you know, till next year. And this is already done. It's the challenge of Netflix doing a show like that. But I really enjoyed it. And so I'm I'm looking forward to, you know, what's the next big thing? The Netflix is going to, you know, what's the, some of their new original programming. I am a little tired of the, I'm scrolling through, it seems like 50 stand-up comedy specials, you know, yep. in the list. Yep. It's but, turning into HBO. <laughs> but but there's, there's some stuff in there. Um, but yes, that is the potential of being put on hold if I do switch over to, you know, explore the, the Apple Plus. But, uh, you know, Hulu's not going anywhere because I got to finish up The Good Place. You know, they're in their, their last season and I'm, that Hulu's and not going anywhere. So good. Oh. It's so good. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, I was relieved to see that my daughter actually in her high school, uh, she's in a uh, high school writing class. They, um, they're actually they they assigned season one of the good place, oh. and they're doing whole a, a whole series of exercises around uh, around good place. They watch it in class, and then they oh. write. They do spin off writing oh, exercises. So, Brilliant, so good, so much. It was the yeah. I think it was the uh, the bad Janet's explanation of what why boomer about the baby boomers. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, I just thought they just they're at a point where I, it's clever writing and they don't care because I think they I think they bashed Apple and yeah. I don't know there were a couple things in there and uh, yeah those you know because if you if you just poke their little ego with a pin boom yeah they're a baby boom <laughs> they're a baby <laughs> I, I got to do a little plug uh, before we. Step off. Uh, our dear friend, uh, Tommy Handsome, uh, has done a guest spot, Steve. Oh, he did. We've uh, we've unleashed Tommy on the world. Oh, is he over at the the nerd? What is it? Nerd 
podcast? What? Nerd, Nerd Critic. Critic. Nerd, Nerd Critic. Critic. Yeah, right, because we had Jordan <laughs> over on the film board yes. for Zombieland 2, and Tommy went over there to do what? What, what did he do to them? He, he was our ambassador for Dr. Sleep, because, you know, he's a big Stephen King fan. He's read all the books. And uh, so he joined the, the team, CJ and Jordan, over there for a conversation on Dr. Sleep, and it's fantastic. Predictably, it's fantastic. Oh, I've got to check. Yeah, there is uh, discussion and uh, disagreement in the ranks, and it's just, it's great. And, you know, several times through the show, Tommy just forgets words and how they work. <laughs> and, and and he's he's just delightful. So, uh, it, and of course, CJ and Jordan are, are terrific uh, movie podcasters. So if you haven't subscribed to Nerd Critic, you've got to get over there. Subscribe to Nerd, Nerd Critic. It's totally worth it. And... Uh, what better time to do it than our very own Tommy oh Hanson's uh, show on Dr. Sleep. So, did he, there you go. Did you give him a list of responsibilities for being an ambassador of the ne- the next real brand of what he could and could <laughs> no. not do? No, and Steve, it's funny you should say that. In hindsight... <laughs> Because I no, I didn't even have to because he's such a great and conscientious and generous conversationalist. No, he, no, he is, but he was also his anxiety does all the work. Yes, it does. I just hope they know what they were getting in for because he was sort of just in the mix, and so you got a diluted Tommy on the film board. If it's concentrated Tommy out of his element over there, so I'm going to have to go give this a listen uh, yeah. to see what. Totally worth it. It's a great, it's a great episode, okay. and their show is. It, you know, if you're for for those of you who are serious movie, they get that. They they get very serious, and you you will want to have seen the movie if the movie is important to okay. you because it is it's spoiled uh, in every which way you can be spoiled. So we our our thing is spoiling movies. Yeah. Their thing they have spoiler horns and everything, and they do they they're very conscientious about when it's happening. It's a very spoilery okay. conversation. So see the movie, but definitely listen to the podcast. I'll put it in the show notes. All, All right, right, Steve. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do trailers. All right. You were up for you were up early. This was Tuesday. Well, okay. It was almost Wednesday. It says Tuesday at 11:59 a.m. I think that's my time. So, it was almost Wednesday, but that's still way early in the week to be picking a post uh picking a trailer. Yeah. But you there's something about no, this one, huh? You know, okay. Jeff Wadlow directed Jillian Jacobs, Christopher Roach, writers starring Maggie Q, Michael Pena, Portia Doubleday, uh, Kim Coates, Lucy Hale, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. Oh, yeah. Is in this movie. This is the thing, the reason I picked this Fantasy Island 2020. (laughs) Okay. The reason I picked this is because when I was a kid, this is what I always wanted Fantasy Island to actually be. You like the dark, the darker side of the fantasy. I kept huh? like yeah. I would have dreams where, like, my middle school payback dreams were fan- dark Fantasy Island, like the plane, the plane, and then we're gonna tie up a bully and we're gonna do things like just really kind of retribution. This this movie was my revenge porn as a kid. <laughs> And I never understood why it was so saccharine and like a love boaty and this. And so I feel like I've arrived. If you live long enough, Steve, you get what you want is what I'm saying. Okay. It's just about patience. I know it's weird. I know. I know it's weird, but I so this is a dark fantasy island, a horror adaptation of the popular 70s TV show about a magical island resort. Uh, And oh, it's very twisty, very twisty. Uh, but uh, it it seems to give these characters that it, it has the same feel as something like Escape Room uh, yeah. that just came around. Right. It has that same sort of vibe to it. Um, but uh, it. it you know, I watched the trailer and I was intrigued from the very start. And I think that it is it it may be the straw that broke the proverbial podcast back. And we're going to have to do a series of horror adaptations of childhood classics because <laughs> Andy started posting late. We've got like three or four of them now. And I feel like we, we actually have a series that we could do around that. So. What'd you think? I mean, were you there or did you like the Love Boat stuff? No, I, I remember. And there were some crossovers. There was like the Love Boat lands it stops off yeah. at Fantasy Island once. Uh, no, I, I do remember there were there were a few episodes that, that sort of hinged on people with sort of some 
I guess, darker pasts that, you know, sort of were haunting them on, on Fantasy right. Island that as a young kid, it was like, oh, this is getting spooky. Usually it was like relationships. Yes. Stuff. Oh, I'm running right. away yes. from us. Uh, like, we're not going to talk about abusive spouse, but right. there was an abusive spouse. Exactly. Like right. So I wasn't sure where this was going. And then it took this sharp turn into, yeah, straight on horror. I don't know what to think about this because it's Fantasy Island and it's fun. It's it's where, you know, where where your dreams can come true. But the twist, what I liked about this was it appears in the in the trailer that there is a twist that it's, oh, it's it's not about them. It's sort of wish fulfillment for them, but it's there's something more sinister going on, a, a larger piece. So I'm intrigued to see where that goes. Uh, no, it's a great cast. So I, I thought I'm, I'll be on board for this with with this cast as uh <laughs> Michael Pena is Mr. Rourke. Uh, yeah, I'll show yeah. up for that. Yes. Uh, yes, I'll I'll be there. I just, yeah. Why does it have to be Fantasy Island, though? Is the story, I always question, is the story not enough to stand on its own? Does it have to leverage that existing, you know, intellectual property? Or are, are these writers being really sharp and they're they're going to take that and they're going to subvert it in a, in a surprising way? And I, that's what I, I hope for with this. So I yeah I'm I'm right with you and uh, so usually I'd be totally on your side yeah. like 100% and yet because of my childhood attraction to revenge <laughs> porn by way of fantasy island fantasies I'm really okay as uh, as this one uh, leveraging the property it says Dave Batista joined the cast uh, I don't see him in the credits anymore, yeah. so maybe he jumped out. But Jimmy O. Yang is in it, and I'm, I'm a yes. big fan of his particular <laughs> brand of comedy. Yeah. Um, Kim Coates uh, plays Devil Face, uh, so I'll yeah. be there for that. Uh, <laughs> it's it it looks good. It's being described as, and this is this maybe this is another reason why I'm I'm uh, I have an affinity for it. It's being described as a mix of Westworld and Cabin in the Woods. Ah, and okay. uh, I came very late to Cabin in the Woods, but I'm, but I am an unabashed fan uh, of that one in particular. So I I think uh, that's a that's a great mix, a melange of sci-fi yes. horror that I will show up for. <laughs> It's, when 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 is this uh, hit? No, it's something weird. I remember from the end of the trailer. It's like, is this Valentine's Day? Is this is yes. this? It's it's Valentine's it Day. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. go out on Wouldn't a date you, night. I mean, this is this yeah, is date, date night with this is date night fodder, no, right? No, oh God, no. Maybe. Russia gets it February sixth. <laughs> so we will see. You know, any of our yeah. Russian listeners who see it, post your uh, reviews uh, before. Uh, but yeah, thirteenth. In uh, some European countries, Singapore and Valentine's Day for Bulgaria, UK, Turkey, USA, and um, on after that. Well, we'll look forward to discussing it in Discord. I can pretty much guarantee this is not going to be a trailer rewind. <laughs> you're just you're just beating up on JJ. You're giving him no no outs. I'm no sorry outs on these I'm trailers. Sorry. So, so then it falls to know. me. It falls to me to yeah. to give us some some fodder for things to discuss, which and you have, <laughs> and I have. <clears throat> this one's a challenge to uh, find on the IMDb because it's called The Way Back, not the 2010 The Way Back, <laughs> not the 2013 The Way Way Back. <laughs> this is the 2020 <laughs> The Way but Back. <laughs> I, so I sat down, you posted it in Discord, yeah. and the little, yeah. the, on my end at least, yeah. the little preview, yeah. YouTube didn't, preview didn't, didn't pop up. Yeah. And so what you posted was, and I read for the listeners, my trailer, <laughs> uh, my trailer, Hoosiers 2, Alcoholic Affleck. And I started moving that into the show notes as I am often do, and I start typing Hoosiers 2. I better watch that. This doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what this is. It's the way back. A former high school basketball player struggling with alcoholism is offered a coaching job at his alma mater. And as the team starts to win, he may have a reason to confront his old demons. But will it be enough to set him on the road to redemption? IMDb asks. Uh, ben Affleck. Okay. But what really drew me into this one was directed by Gavin O'Connor who did The Accountant with, with Affleck back in 2016, but also Warrior with, um, why am I drawing? 
a blank on that one. In 2011, with uh, Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy, which, if mm-hmm. you have not seen, is an amazing film. And I, I thought I, I enjoyed The Accountant, uh, but Warrior, I thought, okay, I'm on board for this. But then also written by uh, Brad Inglesby, who has written a bunch of stuff that I have not seen, and I don't know why I haven't seen these, uh, but. Out of the Furnace, back Out in 2015 yeah. with, with Christian Bale, but also uh, Run All Night, which... Have you seen that uh, one? Liam Neeson, Ed Harris, Joel Kinnaman, I I have, Vincent D'Onofrio, I don't, it's 6.6 on that. I This is one that sort of flew past me. I don't remember that one or... Um, American Woman with Christina Hedricks, Sienna Miller, Aaron Paul... Yep. And then The Friend uh, in 2019. This is uh, Dakota Johnson, Casey Affleck, Jason Siegel. I've not heard of any of these. They're all. Look at all these movies that actually exist that are new to you today. That are new to me today. And I'm looking at them. They've got decent ratings, uh, you know, above the six star. And I'm just like, who is this Brad Anglesby guy? Um, I need to check this out. But the the story looks. Yes, it's Hoosiers 2, Alcoholic Affleck. But I think with. This writer, this director, uh, it's going to be a little bit more than that. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this coming out in in March, uh, 2020. I think uh, it's it's going to do everything it needs to do. It's going to hit. You know, it's a it's a you know the high school basketball team. You're going to have your ups, your downs. I'm looking forward to see how they manage that whole conflict between the coach, the dynamic of the team coming together. What do they do that's fresh? What do they do that you know plays to the conventions of the genre in a rewarding way? And that's that's what I'm hoping to get out of this one and again as our friend tommy would say beardy magoo (laughs) yes okay yes uh i i i actually i mean this this seems like the kind of movie that's going to touch all the right feels and um it it looks it it looks great they heavy up on the alcoholism like it's, it's this is i think it's much more of a the way back movie than the sports movie yeah. like this is um th- this seems much more about the demons and you're yeah. probably still going to cry at the basketball yeah. the, the one thing that uh, i watched this trailer with my wife last night and she's looking at it in the last scene um right they go from this high school like eight kids standing on the on the the boards to like a one a triple decker stadium with yeah. that is full with crowds like a hundred thousand people in it. It felt like yes. <laughs> and her comment was, "Wow, they they really went a long way." <laughs> and uh, it, so I think that the scope of who knows what the scope of time is, yeah. but man, they do uh, appear to go a long way. Finals wherever these kids play, yeah. are a big deal. Oh yeah, so. So that's the. I think it looks. I think yeah. it looks great. It's gonna. It's gonna touch us in the right places. So yes. you're gonna see the Fantasy Island for Valentine's Day, and then in March you're gonna see this one. That's nailed it. That's right. Date night, both months. There you go. Yep. Yep. Shall we do the list? Okay. We we got right. we got lists. I'm curious to see. I. I forgot to check until I think yesterday afternoon because I I had forgotten what our options even were because I I knew there was a twin thing. But I'm like, what if it's one of the weird other categories? I better check to see how we're doing on this one. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm going to start looking up uh, wacky tools or drug drug adult decline movies. (laughs) Yes. No. Well, this one Ooh. is the one that won identical twins based yeah. off of our uh, trip down Twin Lane with Dead Ringers. And uh, so we went with our, our favorite twin movies. Yes. And um, I, I can't remember. Was there a limitation? You can't choose Freaky Friday? I think it was that a stipulation. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't Andy's know. not here. Rules go out the He's window. He's not here. Rules are out the window. No, I think maybe because Who we cares? mentioned that. Do we call it just the, yeah. yeah, the Freaky Friday list? I don't know. Okay. So that's, uh, that's where we are. And I guess I get to go first. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm going to start by immediately breaking the rules <laughs> and talking about a movie that we've talked about on the show. I, you know, uh, I'm always okay with that. I had a feeling that you you would yeah. okay. be all right with this one. That movie is the social network okay uh i have been it's nanorimo month uh as we talk right now steve and yeah. i have hit the halfway mark 
as you should. I'm a little bit behind as of today, but I've got some got got some work ahead of me and some hours to do it. And the the soundtrack that I listen to while I'm writing most of the action scenes is Trent Reznor and Atticus oh, yes. Ross's soundtrack to the Social Network, which was exceptional. So I've been thinking about him and Old Army Hammer playing uh, it, playing himself. He played himself uh, as the Winklevi. I loved this performance. I was blown away. I didn't know much of Army Hammer yeah. before I, I saw this, so I actually thought they were twins. It was that good to my eye, and so um, I, I got to start with The Social Network. If it's been a while since you've seen this one, go back and see it. It's I love this movie. So that's a partial steal? Oh, I, is that a... I don't have an emoji for that. No, well, that's because I'm doing something different this week, because it's a twin oh. list, so my list is twinned. So... Uh, <laughs> So, because I came up with a list that is Steve, all... count on Steve to turn the list <laughs> yes. into performance art. No, because <laughs> the first three that came to mind are all films that you guys have talked about on the show, and they need mentioning. And then I had there's there's a lot of other films out there that are are fun twin movies. So I actually have a list for each entry. There's there's two, and they they have sort of a common theme. So my first is, and there are spoiler alerts here, but it's been a while, okay. so. My first one is um, the hidden twin, which is what is that? Okay, you've got a twin, but you don't always the, their twin is is hidden or not known about all the time, which occurs in both the Prestige and the Man in the Iron Mask. Oh, wow! So you're doing two picks for every pick? Yeah, because it's twins, Pete. You got to have two. You I mean, I get it. I get it, Steve. I just complicated your list. <laughs> I, you my, did. My I'm sitting database here is like broken. making my database, and it's like, oh, he has two threes. Yes. Okay. So, right. so the Man in the Iron Mask is... <sighs> Well, it depends which version. There's there's multiple versions. The one I'm pulling up is was it 98 Randall Wallace after writing, you know, Braveheart, he sort of became a hot commodity and he wrote and directed this and sort of started his career. He did um he had a couple other solid films that he directed after this cuz sometimes you get that clout, you get a passion project you get to do and things don't go well from there. But yeah. Randall Wallace, you know, has, you know, turned out a few good films as a director, so I thought if you want to start at the beginning, go back to uh, Man in the Iron Mask from 98, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, oh, just everybody is in that one. There's a huge cast of that a fun period piece. And then you've also got The Prestige, which I will always take an opportunity to put The Prestige on the list because it is Christopher Nolan fans, you know, may not, you know, are people that are not fans of Christopher Nolan may not care for his work. But this is one that uh, for me was a lot of fun. Outstanding. Okay. I, I let it stand. Okay. Uh, my second pick, I, I got to bring it up um, because I always forget the names of these two characters. Uh, this is a movie directed by the fantastically talented Tim Blake Nelson. He is a wonderful comedic mm -hmm. actor and director and writer, and he directs Carrie Russell. And Lucy DeVito and uh, himself, he directs himself, and also Edward Norton as Bill and Brady Kincaid in 2010's Leaves of Grass. If you have not seen I this movie, I, I, I picked this one because... You've mentioned this before. I, I have. Recall. I know. Yes. I okay. know. I have. Which and, is fine. And the thing it is. I, it is a thing. <laughs> but the twins in this movie are why we're talking about it today, because... These guys, he plays like I. So Edward Norton is on the brain too. I just he was just on Dax Shepard's uh, okay. things. He's got the new movie out that I have not seen yet. Um, uh, that he directed and I don't know. Did Motherless, he write the adaptation? Motherless, Motherless Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is getting great reviews. And for those who love the book, uh, apparently it's a fantastic. It's a totally different. It's a totally different. Set in a different oh. decade and everything. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. He totally because he's a Tourette's detective, right? They kept the Tourette's detective, but yeah, he took it from the setting of the book in the '90s, moved it to the '50s. I think he did a a great job, truly adapting. And he and he talks yeah. about that uh, Tim Ferriss podcast. They had an extended interview that I okay, also heard, and he talked right. about yeah that you can't really 
take a book and just throw it up on the screen. You've got to, there's there's work to translate that. And I think he did an excellent job. So excellent. Okay. Yes. Well, right. I, it's, on, are, it's on the list. Leaves, leaves of grass. grass. Okay. The, the, the reason I bring this up is because, first of all, uh, you know, it, it's my roots. It's my Oklahoma <laughs> roots. And uh, what he is able to capture between his like this professor character that he plays on one uh, on one twin and this like uh, Oklahoma like hydroponics the guy like a specialist <laughs> we'll call him a specialist like in small town rural oklahoma is just it's just perfect i think that the they are as polar opposite uh as you can get on screen together they and and the twin treatment is that the effects done very very well uh it is so fun to watch them argue with one another and um so I'm I'm a big fan of this movie. It's a six point four on the IMDb okay. scale. Apparently, people didn't 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 think of it as a slam dunk, but I absolutely did. Uh, it's very funny, and uh, I hope hope folks will give it a chance. All also, right. Carrie Russell. All right, I have to put that on the list because that's the second you time you've mentioned it, and I forget about it. But I look at that cat and Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, that's yeah yeah all right. I don't know why people didn't resonate with this one. Yeah. I think you know it, it may it thought of it as some sort of cheap humor. I don't yeah. know, but I I I stand by it. I think it's okay. very funny. It makes me laugh every time I watch it. All right. So my second, this is where the partial steel comes in because I've my theme here is twins working together against an adversary. You've got the Winklevi, but then mm-hmm. you also have the the twins in the Parent Trap. Working against the common enemy of those parents. <laughs> okay. And again, you can pick whichever version of the parent trap you want. You've got you've got you your ninety eight, you've got your sixty one, whichever one is your favorite. There you go. All right. All right. All right. The parent trap requires no uh <laughs> no commentary. No. Uh okay. My so wait, this is my third. This is my number one pick, yeah. Steve. Yes. What have you got? Uh, really torn. All right. Because I got some backups. Okay. Um, I I think I'm going to go with one that I had written off. It's going to go with another comedy. I had written this off as a, um, a, a, a... My memory was not kind to this movie, we'll just say. And you guys actually made me go back and watch it, you and Andy. And I did that. And I... Uh, I fell in love with it anew. Uh, it is Bowfinger. Uh, <laughs> okay. Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, 1999. <laughs> and as we're in the middle of our Steve Martin list, I wanted to put this on there as kind of an homage. Okay. I think Eddie Murphy, <laughs> Eddie Murphy does such a terrific job uh, playing uh, his like wealthy uh, actor. Yeah. And the cousin, the twin, identical twin cousin—it's uh, it, just Kit and Jif Ramsey are, are are fantastic twins. I think he does a great job, and uh, it's it made me really miss that Eddie Murphy. Like oh I, I, he was so he's so good. Keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. Yeah, <laughs> gotta keep it together. Kit, Kit, right, gotta keep it right. together. So goofy, and uh, and so it was a terrific movie. Bowfinger. That's my oh. uh, that's my final twin. I'm going to stick with that. That's going to oh, be my final that, twin. Pick. That makes my heart happy hearing that. I know. I knew I, it oh, would. I love this movie so so much, and it's. I think I it's can't from, believe it's not a steal. Uh, honestly, no. Oh well, you'll see why. Um, okay. But this is one, and I guess having. If you've ever worked on a collaborative project, you know, whether it's a student film or something, there's just there's just so much behind the scenes insidery stuff that uh, just makes this film great. Uh, yeah. Steve Martin, True. Frank Oz, classic. Uh, OK, for my final, uh, I'm going to go back to uh, Twins. And the complexities of that relationship and the friction that that can cause. Um, and I'm going to. Pull back to early in the show, Nicolas Cage in Adaptation and Michael Keaton and all his clones in Multiplicity. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because I I had to have Adaptation on this list and I, I watched, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I watched the trailer again and just thought, I... I need to watch this because I had just it's 
so good. I just the little clips in the scenes from the trailer just reminded me of how well this movie was put together, the performances, just the meta structure of a writer putting himself into his own movie. There's so many things going on with that. So I had to have that there. So that's my my top pick adaptation. It's it's a great pick. That was actually I'm I'm not going to call it a steal because I I had already it was on my list, but I had already picked The Social Network as the movie that we've yeah. talked about on the show. Right. And I thought violating that with all movies that we've <laughs> talked about on the show, I was surprised at just how many twin movies we've talked about yes. on the show when yeah, I, I started going through the list. I did my backup uh, list. So there was that one and there was What Happened to Monday. Oh, um, yeah. Because yeah. I felt like, you know, if you're going to do the technical achievement of doing twins to do yeah. seven yeah uh of them i thought was really terrific um and you know i i have an honorable mention to orphan black uh oh, which yeah. just again have to mention in terms of twin work what uh tatiana maslany was yes. able to to do performatively uh is exceptional so oh yeah there's that's the- it what you have any backups you want to th- <laughs> throw out there for not for the record not for the record um yeah these well, are undocumented undocumented twin brothers are separated when their parents are murdered but 25 years later they reunite in order to avenge their parents death jean-claude van damme and jean-claude van damme in <laughs> double impact that's really funny i knew it was double impact i had, I had no memory of that was the story like that was I mean, it's, like you just made that up no, that, i don't know well, what that's who cares who cares there's it's no it's all about kicking things shooting things and twin right. work so yeah that's, that's the right. only one for anybody that's you know interested in the the good old days of going to blockbuster and looking for an action movie that's that's right at the heart of it there with good old jcvd go. all right, that's all, I got. Uh, all right so this week yeah. we're we are as i mentioned we're launching into the steve martin series as we wrap up the year and we're kicking it off with the jerk the jerk when's the last time you saw the jerk oh i think sometime within the past 10 years maybe it's been a while it's been a while but uh yeah i think i discovered that on network tv in middle school maybe like on wgn Mm -hmm. you know so the edited for you know network tv version which is right (laughs) an oddity always always excellent (laughs) yes right oh yeah uh, oh. So what do you think in, in terms I was thinking I, as I was watching the movie, it, it feels very much like this is of a piece with the dumbs, right? The dumb movies, dumb and dumber. Like we, we got these movies that are that are caricatures of very dumb people. So I thought maybe yeah, well, sure. that's it. Like find the dumbest. Maybe there's a series of the dumbest characters that we can possibly. <laughs> sure. Find. You've got that. You've got the dumbs. You've got the rags to riches story. As well, definitely rags to riches. Um, what about uh, uh bad assassin movies? He hates like these cans, he hates these cans. <laughs> like, it, it's a it, it's one of those bad funny, assassins. like, I'm watching it, it doesn't hold up well. Like, it's not a it, it's not a thing, an element of this movie that really holds up in today's. But, but I thought, like, maybe there's a series of movies, and I can't even think of, of any, but maybe there's a series of movies with like clumsy or bad assassins. There's one that comes to mind, but don't say it because that won't. might be it, right? Uh, um, and then uh, I I did start looking up movies where a central a central set piece is gas stations. There are a <laughs> lot of great service station movies. Yeah, a lot of things can happen so, there. Yeah, a lot of things happen in a gas station. So those are my contributions. Any of those? Stick out. What do you think? Where do you where do we land? I'd say go with the gas. I'd say gas station. I, I like the gas station. All right. Um, I, I do like the dumbs. I I do sort of like that because it's sort of the you go a couple different ways with that. You've got sort of the the fool, the you know the yeah that's you know your 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 dumbs. You know that, okay that works Good. yeah. And then uh, what do we? Oh, then we've got bad assassins. Well, then we rags, rags, rags to riches or bad assassins. Either of those. I think rags to riches because I don't know that bad assassins is going give, to give me a lot to work okay. with there. All right, rags yeah. to riches. So we got gas station movies, dumbest characters in yeah. movies, and rags to riches. There we go. Uh, or our favorite dumb characters. Yes. Is there really a dumbest Steve? I don't think so. Well, we'll find out next week. Favorite dummies. Favorite dummies, yep. All right. 
Rags to Riches, Gas Station Movies, and Favorite Dummies. That will be next week. Uh, and uh, as we as we are get more deeply invested into our Steve Martin series and uh, looking forward to that one. Uh, that's that's all we got. Happy, right. uh, happy Saturday. Go see a movie, huh? Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us, for downloading and listening to this very show. We uh, appreciate you uh, being a part of our uh, Patreon community. You know what you could do this holiday season is if you're giving thanks, tell your friends. Tell some other movie nerds in your life that you think might might be interested in in joining a great movie community and help support the show in the process. We really appreciate it and uh, uh, we hope to see you next Saturday too. Uh, that's it. I'm out of here. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.